and he does and it's done in such a visceral way that very cleverly happens off camera we just see that like billy like something comes out from the jungle it grabs billy he screams uh he doesn't just shout he screams anna mm -hmm. poor anna gets sort of covered in his blood um and something is then sort of grabs billy's foot and we see you Billy's mean body sort of being dragged hawkins, uh, hawkins yeah, yeah. sorry hawkins <laughs> Uh, we sort of, I, for some reason, I keep on getting those two uh, mixed up, but we see something grabbing Hawkins's foot and dragging him through the jungle. Um, and Anna's just sitting there, just absolutely spooked Fucking and terrified. petrified, man. Yeah, she's petrified, seen something yeah, that, like, exactly. she can't, hmm. she can't believe, like, like they say, there's a line, isn't there? Like, the jungle came alive. The jungle and came alive. Like, and, what and what yeah. do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's the only way that she could sort of, ex sort of explain it is that the jungle came alive and took him. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Again, they've seen someone in full-on um, thermal optic camouflage, or something, or something yeah. distorted, like come out and take him. Like, how do you explain that? Um, and then they go off on a search uh, for just, Billy. Just oh, before sorry. they move on, sorry, because uh, I think a, another important thing happens here. I think this is where we learn as well that um, how intelligent Dutch is. That very quickly, all of them jump on Anna. What the fuck have you done? You know, why is there blood mm. on you? And Dutch very quickly learns, no, she's petrified. This isn't her blood. She hasn't tried running. Like, we've got a problem. Why didn't they take this his is... gear? Why didn't they... Yeah, this scenario is... New. Take his radio, you mm -hmm. know. Um, you know, why didn't she uh, escape? Which is very, you know, very, you know, good questions. And unfortunately, there's not really an answer for them, which, again... Because very soon after, attention. he actually unhandcuffs her, doesn't he? He, he she's got, she's cable tied. And he gives her a weapon and it's like, look, you are no more of a danger to us than whatever the fuck is in this woods. Like, yeah. we're in this together. And I thought that was a nice moment as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So they've, so Hawkins has disappeared. The jungle has taken him. Um, Dutch orders them out to search for Billy because he's, you know, he's got to be there somewhere. And they're all moving through the jungle. And um, there's this one sequence where they're moving through and again they you know they can't seem to find any trace any body or anything um arnold is moving through the jungle uh, he sort of turns and walks away from the camera but we're seeing that something is dripping on a leaf and then the camera starts to pan up and up and up and then we see uh like do we see full-on billy's body hanging there upside down hawkins hawkins from a bodies. tree <laughs> hawkins sorry hawkins uh, body hanging there um yep. yeah and again, it's you know quite disturbing, and it's um, and again, it's just something that we, the audience, see. So yeah. the team, they never find Billy. They never find so, out uh, what yeah, happens. It's like a not trophy, a, right? The predator well, makes like a trophy out of not his quite. Kills. Yeah, he's he's a, he's yeah. a butcher. You know, he's he's gonna yeah. he's gonna turn it into a trophy at some point. But I think what he's actually doing here is is bleeding him out. You know, he's naked. Oh. He's in the yeah. tree. His face left on the floor. His guts are on the floor. Mm. Is it his guts? Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. on the floor. Yeah. He's he's disemboweled yeah. him and. He's bleeding him out like you would slaughter a cow. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, mm, it's just meat mm -hmm. or an elk. Um, I think, or an elk. like, <laughs> let, let's, unless anyone's got anything like core to say about these next few scenes, and we could maybe jump towards the the later predator fights. I think something interesting here is that um, there is, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of um, commandos sneaking through the jungle and the predator sort of sneaking in and out and taking people out. And there's one point where the predator does a kill, but leaves the body. He doesn't get the body. So the, the commandos build like a, 
a makeshift base and surround themselves in traps and triggers. Mm. But they've... Who is this? It's Blaine's kill, isn't it? It's Yeah, so, mm-hmm. spoiler, Blaine No, gets, that's right, let's, let's jump to it. Yeah, so Blaine is the next one that gets uh, taken out. So they're off searching for Hawkins. Uh, Blaine hears a noise. He uh, starts to go after it. It turns out it's this little rodent-type thing, and he kind of relaxes. He turns around, and then he suddenly... Um, his chest suddenly explodes because he's been hit in the back with this laser cannon from the Predator. And, you know... His, I mean, it's his. You know, he's got a massive hole, um, massive hole in his chest, and yeah, he this, falls down. This gun has just torn through the dude. There's torn a through hole. him, just one shot. Um, mm. And you know, this is Blaine. He's like the biggest baddest of them all, and he goes down. He didn't. He doesn't even get a shot off or anything. Mac comes running, uh, picks up the minigun, uh, sees something in the jungle. It's it's you know, eyes is or you know, eyes is like lighting up. He grabs the minigun, and they start tearing down the jungle like they all converge on max point max uh, max is going absolutely you know he's terrified. He's, he's terrified he's shooting he's screaming and they all unload i mean completely unload every single magazine they have and um tear down jungle and again they come back and say we didn't hit any we didn't hit like anything there's no blood no trace no bodies nothing we is this hit a nothing. scene is this a scene where they actually just mow down the jungle like yeah. totally mow it down yeah 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 <laughs> with ammunition it's just like five muscle-bound men screaming as they fire off <laughs> i read somewhere that this is like a uh a scene where it's like they show how impotent the guns are towards the predator because it's just like they have all yeah. this mm-hmm. fucking you know arsenal and they just shoot you know down the, the whole jungle but they don't even you know get a scratch on the predator or maybe they yeah yeah it's it's billy it, billy after the scene i don't know if you remember they're they're firing off like the, this gatling gun has been going and they're they're literally screaming everything they've got they're firing into the woods in the hope of killing whatever just killed bling yeah and they finish and like like the jungle has been fucking obliterated you know there's smoke mm. and ammunition there's nothing left and billy walks out there and he's like there's nothing we've hit nothing you know what there's nothing there we've we've shot nobody we've killed nobody there's nothing and over the course of like the last sort of i don't know 20 minutes and the predatory action i think they're learning that whatever this thing is they they just have no fucking clue no everything they know doesn't work but oh yeah but the the reason i was going to get to it i think there's something interesting we were talking about predator and trophies is that they've they've killed predators killed blaine you know they've done everything they can to stop him they decide you know, Blaine is a member of the team. We'll take him with us. We'll take him back to the extraction zone. And they build a little camp to try and protect themselves because this thing is in the jungle and it's taking them out one by one. So they're like, right, set every trap, every explosive, set everything we've got and we'll take Blaine with us. And this is where we learn that the predator, the hunter, it was bleeding somebody out earlier so it could get its, its trophy. And this time it wants to break into their camp and not necessarily to kill them or attack them because it wants its fucking trophy back. It wants mm. Blaine. I've killed him. He's mine. And yeah, I thought that was quite an interesting concept. Yeah. And there's also quite a nice scene uh, in that. So they've set up, uh, they've dug in, they've sort of set traps around. And I think 
a lot of credit goes here to Bill Duke, who plays Mac. Mm, and so yeah. the character of Mac and the character of Blaine, they obviously shared quite a strong uh, friendship. Um, and there's this really lovely and quite moving scene where uh, Mac, uh, he's taking the first watch. He's sitting, he's looking up at the moon, and he's sort of, as if he's speaking to Blaine, you know, he's talking about this mission that they were on. They were the sole survivors. Um, and, um, you know, he obviously, uh, you know, I, I think that's probably sort of where their friendship really kind of got really strong. And he just, you know, it's a happy memory for him, but then he kind of turns into, you know, I want revenge. And he says, um, you know, once I find this guy, I'm going to cut your name into him. Um, yeah. And I think... Bill Duke, he just does it so, you know, he does it so well because you really do feel that, you know, he's lost a really good friend here. He's, yeah, you, know, he's you know, he's hurting. I, um, I was going to say, I think there's a genuine love. Yeah. Like he, yeah. He, something has just killed a person he fucking loves. They've been through everything together for their whole yeah. career. And yeah. It's just been taken from him. And he's, he's absolutely a broken man after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's probably the I, only sort of uh, emo emotional unhinged. scene in in the movie. I think like where it's like, okay, it's yeah. not just the machismo, you know, killing everything, but they, are, you know, so they actually care about each other. They're people. They're people. Yeah. Look, yeah. <laughs> again, something I, I I literally just thought of on the spot. I didn't earlier, but I was talking earlier about how I think the film's quite intelligent. Eighties action films, you know, they follow they follow tropes and and mm. stereotypes. They're isn't really a love interest in the film guy meets girl you know you you would think it would be dutch arnie and anna mm. because they're mm -hmm. the man and woman but actually it's not it's mac and blaine yeah. the the only yeah. love interest and in, you know obviously not romantically yeah. but well blaine you know, has yeah. uh, sorry mac has lost <laughs> something he, he fucking adores yeah you never know uh, you never know yeah yeah well you don't yeah. but i think predator actually again i think it's a, it's an intelligence that you don't expect from this kind of film I think yeah, for sure. Predator actually chalks up another one like Commando as well, where the, uh, the 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 female in the story, the you know the female character, is not used as a pointless love plot. She she drives the plot. She's integral to it, and mm. she's useful. Blaine was used as the love plot. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that well, is well, a, she's, a, she's actually the the reveal. It's quite soon after this. She's the reveal of them learning what they're up against right and it's just through some random you know dutch is shaking her what's going on um, <laughs> and, and she could speak english the whole time yeah, and yeah. she starts telling them surprise the, motherfucker yeah surprise <laughs> motherfucker i like how like no one says anything like oh you spoke english the whole time and it's like you, you say that but i don't know if you saw in that scene in the background dylan looks yeah. pissed he's like what but um, I quite yeah. like that they never actually work it out. It's only through her telling this this folklore tale of, you know, this creature, mm. this chameleon of the jungle that arrives mm. every year to hunt. Then they kind of like, they've been going through such shit that they're like, oh man, this isn't folklore. Like, this is legit. What she says is the actual fucking thing. The demon who makes yeah. trophies of men. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that what she says? Yeah. 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 What Rad. a name. <laughs> Rad. <laughs> Rad, exactly. Um, Rad. I think yeah. I think she also kind of really kind of hammers it home because she says like you know sometimes we started finding uh, men of the village um, skin uh, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah with their you know with their skin off and sometimes much much worse. What can be worse <laughs> than that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so they're, I think she's a really good sort off. of 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's really good at sort of, again, sort of hammering home that kind of that fear, that unease that, you know, you're up against something you cannot understand you've never seen before. So I, I think at this point as well, um, and I, someone may have actually mentioned it at the start of this podcast, I don't remember, but there's a lot of one-liners, there's a lot of, you know, cool chat in this film, but actually my favourite piece of script happens, I think at this moment, she has set the scene that there's something in the jungle and, you know, we, we thought it was folklore. There's this terrifying thing in the jungle and I think the, the mercenaries have now understood, okay, this is this is real, whatever she's saying is real. And this is where we get, I think, the best Billy moment and possibly why he's my favourite character so this guy knows everything there is to know about survival in the jungle. And he stood there and he's like, I don't know, he's like sort of staring into space and they can kind of see something's up with Billy and they ask him what's wrong. And he says, there's something out there waiting for us and it ain't no man. And then he pauses and he says, we're all going to die. Hmm. And for me, when that guy says that, it's like, it's the ultimate turning point. It's like, you know, he's the guy you can rely on. He's the guy yeah. that isn't afraid. And he has just said, we're all going to die. And for me, that line is like, we're fucked. Mm. Like, he's sort of also, fucked. yeah. He said of all, you know, he also says it in such a very stoic voice, you know, like he, he totally. seems really calm about it. So it's kind of almost like, and this is me reading a lot uh, into it, but it's almost like he's accepted it. You know, yeah. we're up against mm -hmm. something here. I will very likely not make it out. And I'm at peace with that. Um, yeah. He's, and it's he's, like, you like he's probably as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you will very likely not make it out, and mm. I think, um, I think it's Poncho who's you know asking him and, and sort of prompting him to you know say this. And I think Poncho is bricking himself. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he's yeah. uh, you know he you know he. I mean, he's just wants a script to writer. Yeah, <laughs> we know the only reason he's here is to rewrite the no, script. No, no, that, that's, yeah. Hawkins. Oh, that's Hawkins. That's Hawkins. He's there. Yeah, that's Hawkins. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I'm not the only one that gets the names turned God around. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Too much for me is, is the the character I, I like the weakest character for me, or like I don't, yeah, I, I can't even kind of even picture him because he's so. <laughs> he's got the stripes, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's not, yeah. Interesting point on the camo. Actually, the the camouflage they gave each character was subtly applied to um, kind of uh, mirror the the character's um, personality type. So, for example, uh, Dutch's character has very strong straight camo lines because he's a leader and he's you know there yeah. to get them through this and you know um with with billy's they went for a much more natural kind of native sort of look so yeah that was quite an yeah, interesting awesome. point yeah i also liked that um they're all incredibly distinguishable from each other like mm -hmm. every single guy in this this squad has a look yeah and i love that yeah yeah they really do uh, and then you have the one that stands out, which is Hawkins with his goofy glasses and his, uh, you know, he's sitting there, he's reading like comic books. And the only gun they give him to fire is, again, this little puny submachine gun. Um, and he, I don't even think he even gets to throw a grenade or anything like that. You know, he's like... <laughs> he doesn't you know, even get to throw a grenade. He doesn't get to throw a grenade <laughs> or anything like that. He, you know, he's the guy with the crude jokes. That's it. And he's the first one to get, you know, killed off. Yeah. So. Yeah. Has funny. anyone got yeah. anything like to add in regards to like the commandos and the squad and the tension, the build up, or should we jump into, to put it bluntly, everyone's fucking dead and it's just Dutch and the Predator? Yeah. 
because they basically they realize that they're not going to make it out alive unless they try to make a stand so they um they basically just try to build to set a trap for it right yeah and this is where we get to a lot of, uh, I believe, Bjorn, in a previous uh, episode, you re- you referred to these as service shots. Yeah. This is basically where <laughs> you have these muscle men really flexing their muscles and, you know, because they're pulling these great logs. I've been, I like uh, the, I like to see them when they're, like, all pulling down the, you know, the trap and they're, like, hanging on, on each other almost. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, who's got the bigger muscle? I've got the there's bigger muscle. I'm bicep. pulling more. A lot yeah, of there's biceps, a lot of bicep yeah. action yeah. Uh, going on there. Something I found and funny so, about this scene as well is that, like, right before it happens, Dylan is like, you know, the chopper's 12 miles away. It's going any minute. We've got to fucking move. And then they start building these traps. Like, How long do they take to make this stuff? Like, that's not a five-minute job. <laughs> That's not a five-minute job, though, exactly. Um, So they set the trap, and then they, you know, start to wait. Anna tells the story about uh, the demon who makes trophies of men, and nothing really happens. So Arnold sets himself up as live bait, right? So he basically goes into this clearing they've set for the trap um, to sort of try to lure the alien out. Nothing seems to happen. He turns around. And then mm. the trap springs mm. um, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is where they learn, one, the predator's not easy prey, and two, possibly it doesn't travel via land. I think this mm. is a an intellectual turning point for them. It's like, ah, the motherfucker's ah. in the trees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, this is also, again, this is not something they've been used to before because, you know, they're soldiers, they're used to things being, you know, on the ground mostly, but all of a sudden this is traveling in the trees and traveling with ease. I mean, there's no way that they can keep up with that, uh, right? Um, I think I think to jump through a bit as well, something that happens here, you know, they, they learn how the predator works. They realize they're up against something they don't understand and it's going to do a few kills. But I think there's a really lovely moment where, um, who is it? Uh, Dutch and Anna, I believe, are left, and they're going to try and run to the extraction zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mac, I think, is still devastated from Blaine's death. So he's decided he's going to run into the jungle and kill whatever this fucking thing is that took out his, yeah. his best friend. Yeah. yeah. And Dylan, who's actually been a bit of a dickhead the whole time and they don't trust finally grows not not grows a spine but this is his turning moment where he's like okay i'm i've got your back i'm gonna support you yeah and there's this moment i I fucking loved it where you realize how much of a predator mac is where the dude is just like skulking through the jungle and hiding under leaves and trees and there's a there's a moment where like they've used the guy like for those who, who may not have seen it the guy is the he's a black guy and he's got really dark skin and they've used that to make him invisible in the shadows mm. and it's fucking rad man like mm-hmm. he's just this pair of like fixated eyes watching his yeah. prey from the shadows and he drags yeah. dylan into the shadows and it's like i'm in charge yeah and for a moment you genuinely think that mac has got control of the situation yeah, yeah. you really yeah. think yeah. the tables have turned right and then yeah. and then you see a, a laser mark on his forehead and it's like oh shit yeah, when he's That's, calling. So, yeah. yeah, it kind of feels like slightly unsettling. He really skulks through. You know, this guy himself is an absolute predator, and I kind of feel he's just killed off so 
mercilessly and so it's unceremoniously it's like i yeah. knew you were there i'm fucking standing there waiting for you and then he just it's amazing kills him. yeah that's a really it's good point because they build him up to be almost the ultimate at that moment mac is the ultimate yeah and i think going back to your point dan about uh sort of mac sort of being um killed off quite unceremoniously because you're right it seems like you know he's finally got to get his um his redemption, you know yeah. his revenge yeah. uh re redemption and uh he's cr you know he's you know he's creeping towards the predator who we've just seen in is uh, just seen uh, in the last shot he's up in a tree somewhere uh he's crawling towards him like Bjorn was saying suddenly he sees this laser sight he goes up and see what on earth uh, uh what on earth uh, is uh uh, what on earth uh, is that? I think he j Mac just realizes that um, you know you know he's actually been made now. Uh, this the predator shoots him with his laser cannon. Yeah, um, the shoulder thing here, shoulder gun, shotgun, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, I think he shoots him like straight in the head, right? Um, and Mac just sort of you know slumps down. You know his body's lying there; it's twitching. It's you know it's you know it's quite sad. What, what I like and about then, this though, oh go on. Uh, and then I was just going to say that then it turns out that the predator all along was actually standing on the logs just above him. So it knew exactly where he was like all the time, you know, uh, so he set a trap for him. And I think you're right. It just, you know, it just adds to the tragedy of Mac that he didn't even get his revenge and he was sort of, you know. So what I do like about this, though, off I, like I think this sets us up for the, the last scene because I think for this scene, I actually love this scene. I think, one, Mac has made his peace. He's lost mm. everything. He knows they're not getting out alive. Billy has told him, we're all going to die. And Mac, um, I, I can't think of the words. Like, he's made his peace. He's going to die. So, you mm. know, top off, I'm going for it. So, but also, yeah. just before he dies, he, um, he's in control. He's learned. He can see the predator. He can study the predator. He's like... He's over there. I've got it. And I, I quite like that before Mac does die, he, it, it sounds silly, but it's like he's gained enlightenment. Mm. He, you know, he's made peace with himself. He's made peace with life. And now he can see this thing that other humans can't see. He, he's working on another level. It's just unfortunate that the Predator is so much better, mm. which mm. I think sets us up for the last scene. We now learned that this guy who's now working at absolute peak performance Predator outsmarts him like that. Yeah. So when we exactly. get to the final showdown, you know now that Predator is like working on a level like you wouldn't believe. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we should just dwell quickly on uh, Dylan's goodbye because that's probably the most visceral uh, of them all. So um, obviously Mac and Dylan have gone after it. Uh, Dylan sort of tried to uh, go around the Predator, kind of, you know, flush him from the back. Flank. Um Flank, sorry, uh, flush. That's something you do with a turd. Um, so flank him from the back. Um, he suddenly gets this feeling that something's wrong because he can't hear or see like anything from Mac. So he sort of um, peeks out. He sees Mac is very dead. And then suddenly something comes rushing. Uh, no, what is it? Uh, suddenly a shot comes out and it hits... Um, it hits Dylan right in the shoulder and takes his arm off. Oh, and... Yeah we see the whole arm like falling down nerves are you know twitching in so they you know they're um, you know it's the gun keeps firing the, yeah the gun the, keeps yeah. firing <laughs> rigor mortis just kicks firing. in and and, uh, and and pulls the trigger and the gun keeps firing yeah 
And Dylan yeah. is just, you know, screaming. And then the predator comes storming in on him. Dylan's got a second gun. He sort of tries to get it off uh, his shoulder, sort of over his ruined arm. He turns around towards the camera. We see the full extent of his arm being, you know, shot off. And, you know, it's really horrible. And this huge predator just comes and, you know, just eviscerates him completely. Yeah. And again, you know, his death rattles can be heard miles away in the jungle too, where the rest of the team... The are. rest of the team, yeah. There, there's a few lovely moments here as well. Like, aesthetically, one of the great moments is that we get a tease to how agile Predator is. Up until this point, we've seen it, you know, this this camouflage swinging through trees and stuff. But just before Dylan dies, we see the Predator sprinting towards him in camo. But it's like, it runs in this kind of slow motion anti-gravity way. But it's also leaning so hard that yeah. it's almost defying human physics. This thing is just like power. But another thing I like is that... um. You know, we know that Dylan and Dutch have worked together. So we know in the past, uh, dude, I fucking love this film. Like, I'm so into it. Like, we know that in the past, um, Dutch and Dylan have had a thing. So Dylan is a pro. But during this film, um, Dylan's always been a bit of a dickhead and I haven't really mm. liked him. But I quite liked that even though this predator has shot his arm off and he's doomed, the dude tries to fight to the end. One arm mm. is now down. So he turns around with the other one. It's like, I'm going to take this motherfucker out. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. He's definitely he not... A pussy. He's not a pencil pusher, right? As, right. He's, as yeah, Arnold said in the beginning. Yeah. He's not a yeah, pencil he proves pusher, that yeah. he's not yeah. a pencil pusher. And, exactly. he, you know, even though he's now CIA and, like, he, he wore a suit, like, he's, he's, he's a fucking... A fighter. Warrior. Man. Yeah. Yeah, a warrior. Yeah, that's way better. He's a warrior, yeah. for sure. I quite liked that, actually. <laughs> something I did like is I don't feel like any single one of this mercenary team is meat for want of a better phrase you know none of them are there to be killed every one of them is maybe a hawkins, warrior in their um, own way yeah <laughs> but then even hawkins like i felt like he yeah. was like the 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 tactical one i felt yeah. like he he was the smart one you knew he, he knew how things work and he could strategize but yeah they all got I, don't know, I think yeah. also hawkins i i think he's also probably sort of the what do you call him sort of the junior of the group like you know i've you know, I've kind of got this feeling that, you know, he, yes, he's the youngest, he's the goofiest, but they're all sort of feeling sort of quite protective of him. But it's also yeah. like, you know, he, you know, he can still hold his own. Like he's still a professional soldier. And, um, was he wearing um, glasses? Yeah. He was, yeah. Yes. Yes. A film. He was smart. Yeah. Yeah. And I yes, kind of felt exactly. like, I kind of felt like he wanted the other ones to like him and, and, uh, like the, the pussy jokes he, he made to Billy was kind of like a way for him to like, Try to get yeah. him, to, you know, to like yeah. him, you know, to, to yeah, be one of the sure. group. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He, yeah, he's sort of like their mascot, sort of like, and, oh, there goes Hawkins again. <laughs> Scruff oh. his hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come here, you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man, um, the more we talk about this movie, like I, I'm starting to, like, it, it's, a, it's you know, it's pretty deep. Like, the, it's not, it's not yeah. a shallow um, action movie. Uh, it's like, dude. yeah. We've not even got to the end scene. I know. Yet. We still have uh, <laughs> we still have uh, Billy's death, which which I think uh, deserves a mention, even though it's the only one of the only like off screen death. But his scream, when, uh, take Billy's death. His yeah. scream. But I, I'll do this one. But like when they, you know, they they hear uh, they hear that I think they hear that Dylan's been killed, or they hear yeah. But mm -hmm. anyway, they they uh, they, uh, they 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 escape, or like they're it's 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 Dutch, it's Anna and. And it's Billy, right? 
and uh, yeah. they, they walk across this, well. this river, right? And it's kind of like a, a bridge or something. And uh, Billy just stops and 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 faces the 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 forest or like the the, the jungle. And uh, <clears throat> and like you know, Dutch is like Billy, what you what, what are you doing? Uh, but then he's just like, okay, fu- fuck him. He's 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 uh, he's in his own world or something. And then uh, you see Billy just take his like knife and just cuts himself across the chest. And he just stands there, and you see the the predator, the the infrared vision. You can see him standing there, and then he cuts away, and then you hear a scream uh, from Billy. You know he's been killed. Yeah, and it's what like, I quite Bill- liked about yeah. Billy as well. Sorry, sorry to jump in. Go ahead. I liked that. Um, there'd been a few times in the film where he, uh, and maybe this is stereotypical. I don't know. Maybe these days it's not as acceptable. I really don't know. But there'd been a few times in the film where it kind of hinted towards him. Um, perhaps being spiritual, you know, as yeah. a Native yeah. American. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, there was one point earlier where he'd grabbed, I don't know what it was, something around his neck that was maybe, you know, an- ancestral. That little or charm or something yeah. like that, yeah. And it felt like at this scene he he knew. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he knows, he's aware, it doesn't matter. He's, he's yeah. almost... But I wonder if, his... he, if, he, if he makes his last stand, so, you know, just to stall, he knows that the Predator is coming, coming for them next. And he still wants to give them the others, you know, Dutch and Anna, a chance to escape to yeah, get to I the shopper. So, yeah, that's how I read it too. Yeah, um, that uh, he knows that. You know, I mean, this is a sacrifice he's willing to make and is at peace at making. And then maybe if I do this, the others have the slimmest of chances of actually escaping. Um, so yeah, I. Totally, uh, you know, that's totally how I understand it. I also kind of like that he's such a badass. He kind of makes it a a more visceral fight. You know, he ditches his gun and he pulls out a machete. Like, you know, we're going to do this face to face. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mano e mano. Every man doing his piece. Mm -hmm. Like every one of them tries to do their piece before they go, you know, like. I think the only exception, the only exceptions that, I mean, Hawkins, poor Hawkins, because he never really saw it coming, right? Uh, But I think. The only one also that doesn't, you know, sort of do that is Poncho. Um, the, yeah. Basically, um, the two guys who aren't muscle men. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hawkins and Poncho. Um, I do want to give credit to Poncho, though, because uh, the poor guy gets hit by this log they've used to sort of counterweight the trap, and he takes that square on, like, in the chest. Yeah. And the suffering that man goes through, you know, the wimping and everything. For I mean, sure. You feel it, you know, you feel this guy is in pain, you know, he's absolutely, he's you know, actually he's literally the only crushed. guy who doesn't get like an instant kill. He's the only guy who has to mm. suffer in this film. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But that's definitely um, broken ribs, internal bleeding, like he's a fucking mess. So He's an absolute mess. Yeah, exactly. And I think the actor, apologies, but I've forgotten his name. Uh, I think he just really delivers that well. Uh, Richard Chaves. Richard Chaves. Thank you. Of course. Classic. Sorry, Richard. Uh, actor from the 80s Richard <laughs> Chaves for yeah. those of you who don't know um so I'm gonna jump us forward look we you know we've had a, a crack squad of mercenaries they've gone into the jungle they've tried to uh, accomplish their mission they've done what they thought they had to do they've now been uh put in this situation where they were out of control and one by one this unknown entity has gradually taken the entire squad out 
And there's only Dutch left who I'd say kill by kill has learned a little bit more about what they're dealing with. And we're now in a situation where Dutch is the remaining survivor. Anna, as far as we know, has has raced to the... The, the, the shopper. Yeah, the, against all Get the, to the shopper. To the, <laughs> to the uh, safe zone. Um, I can't quite remember how. Maybe it doesn't even matter. But um, Dutch ends up in a river, hurtling down a river, falls down a waterfall to what he thinks is safety from the predator. Um, he drags himself onto the shore and then there's a splash in a lake and you realise the predator is onto him. It's stalking him. And now we're into the final act of the film where it's Dutch versus Predator. Yeah. This this is also where we get to see the, you know, Predator in all its glory. Um, mm-hmm. So it, you know, it follows him. I think it jumps off the waterfall uh, with him uh, and lands in this river. It comes up the other end and this optic camouflage, it has... Apparently it's broken or something because it's all kind of, you know, you know, fritzing out. So it's it glitching. turns it off. Yeah. yeah. And then you see, you know, this creature, this predator. Uh, and I still hold to this day that the predator visually is one of the coolest, yeah. you know, movie bad guys creatures yeah. ever. Agree. I think it's so unique. I think it's so... Uh, I mean, th- this thing is a killer. This thing is a hunter. And there's absolutely no and doubt cool. when you see that. And it's cool. Yeah, exactly. It's basically an alien Rastafarian, you know, you know, yeah. the dreadlocks it's carrying, you know, it's awesome. So I'm going to, I'm sure we'll get into the bits and pieces of this scene. But something I um, genuinely love about this scene is uh, a lot of, um, let's say, monster films, alien films, you know, action films. No, let me, let me try and rephrase this. Okay, so Predator is used like um, Halloween would use, is it Michael Myers in mm-hmm. Halloween? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre would use that Leatherface like, leather yeah. yeah. guy, right? Yeah. So Predator is one of those. But what I thought was special about this film, and the more I watched this end sequence, the more I genuinely believe this, is what I think a lot of those films do wrong is the, let's say, the predator in each of the films, the thing that's pursuing, is often a um, a one-dimensional entity that has a brainless goal, which is kill. Hmm. And Predator does as well. But the difference is in almost every film I watch these days, the the predator um, is is fixated in attack mode. But this film, this whole end sequence is not a war of strength. It's a war of intelligence. Mm. And the more I watch this end sequence, the more I realize that these are two incredibly trained, incredibly, incredibly like experienced and talented hunters or predators trying to outsmart each other. And this end sequence is fucking phenomenal, man. It's not about brawns and guns. It's about instinct and intellect. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah, if anyone, you know, feel free to jump in. But this end sequence blows my mind, man. Yeah, it's like it's a hunt. It's sort of, yeah. it's, it, I mean, it's the final showdown is so unlike any other kind of, you know, action movie blockbuster because the blockbuster part happened early on in the movie with the, with the attack on this um, yeah, totally. you know, this um, camp, right? Um, 
And this showdown here is a much more, dare I say, sort of an intimate one, because like you mm -hmm. say, it's a battle of minds and wits and who can outsmart uh, the other one. And uh, they don't really get into, I mean, they're both, you know, you know, muscle, like this is an alien with muscles, right? Um, and plus it's incredibly tall. Um, but they don't really get into, you know, the physicality is just one part of it. You're totally right. Like a lot of this is down to how, you know, how do they outsmart um, uh, outsmart uh, each yeah. other? And I think in this sequence, so Arnold's just falling into the, um, you know, the river. He sort of, you know, he l lays on the riverbed, which all you know, gets all covered in mud. And this is where he discovers a potential advantage of his because it turns out that him being all covered in mud, the alien lands, he tries to hide in sort of these branches. It turns out the alien can't actually see him because he's covered in this mud. And then, you know, he starts to think, maybe I can use this for something, yeah. which then moves you, you us on what? to... Sorry, I was yeah. going to say, I don't even think it's an advantage. I think at that moment, it's like, right, motherfucker, now we're even. Like, you've been sneaking around in these fucking trees invisible to us taking an absolute advantage and it's like well now i'm invisible to you so like like what's up let's get it on mm -hmm. plus, I don't know it. plus it's, it's uh, plus it's camouflage is broken so you're right yeah. you know it's sort of a you know all right we're on a little bit more of a level playing field now the highly efficient yeah. alien technical hunter forgot to pack his waterproof camo yeah well, we i think <laughs> rookie <don't>. mistake man. <laughs> up, up until now it's been like okay we can't beat this guy with with uh you know bronze like we can't we need to like arnie or dutch like he he realizes he needs to go like you know uh in the mud <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. Man, that, go in the mud. that has to be a saying we carry throughout yeah. this whole podcast yeah. series you know dude went through the mud he he's ran now through the mud, mud. i think um you know up until this point look we've got this alien creature who can camouflage who has weapons beyond our capability and who has the jump on us. And at this point, Dutch realizes, like, shit, I can get the jump on you. I can build weapons. And this, this battle of wits, it's a game of chess. You know, mm. it's, it's mm. who can outmaneuver, who can outtrap, who, who has the better instinct. This battle is unbelievably good. And also... We're back to full flex. This is yeah, and he like flex and set his truck. He, he does the the Tarzan roar. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, with a torch in his hand. Yeah, Rawr. which is like, and a bow across his shoulder. As yeah, a, I mean it's just. Uh, as well. I love yeah, that this I mean, film is so full flexed and badass. It has two montages of them building yeah. traps. That's <laughs> true. That's true. But what yeah. I like the second one like. I fucking loved it. And not just as a full flex. It, the more I talk about it, the more I genuinely love this film. But like um, Predator is taller and more athletic and better built. But actually during this second montage, you're like, no, Arnie has got this shit too. Like you see him building traps with trees and like lifting things. And you're like, no, nah, this guy's a fucking machine too. Like this is actually... Mm. He's not outpowered anymore. Like this is it's on. <laughs> yeah. We can do yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a very interesting reversal, I think, in that um so Arnold does his Tarzan raw and it lures the predator uh in, right? And um uh be 
And there's an interesting reversal now because the predator's been relying on its ability to see, uh, right, and sort of be invisible. Now, all of a sudden, Arnold's the one that's invisible mm -hmm. uh, to the predator, uh, right? Sick. And I think mm. it is, you know, it's you know, it's such a clever kind of turning point. So you, and but I mean, still, Arnold is physically. Um, um, you know, inferior to the predator, right? But you know, he suddenly has an advantage, and he's definitely uh, he's definitely using it. Uh, yeah, it's that chess yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah, like, there's chess, a moment yeah. where, like, um, you know, Arnie's now. It's literally a role reversal. The more the more I think about yeah. it, the more I realize, like, there's a moment where um, Arnie had been hidden in this little muddy valley, right? And he's on the ground, and he's built traps. So the predator is now walking along the ground, looking for him. And Arnie, sorry, Dutch, Dutch is now up in the trees with a bow and arrow, and he is literally playing the part of Predator. And Predator yeah. is yeah. now literally the, playing the part of The hunter has become human. the hunted. Totally. Kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's like, so, you, have you seen cool. something like that, like even in, in modern cinema, like in modern action movies? Like, it's kind of groundbreaking, oh, this. this uh, yeah, I mean, maybe there is, but. Yeah, can't think Watching of anything. Watching this, it was like, yeah. this is, this is killing it. Like, mm. you know, you watch it and you're like, cool action film. And the more and more, we've said this already, but the more and more you watch it, the more and more you realize how every detail is like yeah. planned and structured. And yeah, I would definitely say this movie is, is ahead of its time. Uh, if you compare it to contemporary um, action movies, like... Yeah, like it's 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 another level in that sense. Um, and when we talk about how we feel about the movie as a whole, like yeah, that's you know. I think also yeah. um, just to dwell on the actual predator uh, a little bit because this is so at this point, you know, this is where we see it sort of in full on, you know, what it actually is. And I think this is to me, this is sort of one of the first times in sort of the history of special effects where the alien, it doesn't feel like it's just a guy in a rubber suit, you know, that's mm, moving a bit like agreed. awkwardly. And because this really feels like this is an actual alien. And I think- It's uh, terrifying. You know, it, is, it is completely terrifying. And I think also, um, I mean, it's, you know, the alien is not a speaking part as such. It does have a voice, but it's sort of more replaying sort of what it's heard the other characters say to great effect, actually. But- it's a lot of its kind of character comes through in its movements. Like if you notice, this is a big, you know, hunk of a, you know, creature, but its movements are actually really graceful. Like, yeah, there is a one point where the alien sort of treating its, uh, treating its injuries and it's, you know, taking out his med kit and it's sort of picking up the tools. It's doing it with this really fluent motions and yeah. everything like that. And I think this is sort of one of the first uh, sort of, you know, um, first movies and first times in sort of Hollywood uh, history where there's, you know, you see an actual performance from mm -hmm. someone in a suit. Um, and I think a lot of credit to that goes to uh, the actor who was playing um, yeah. uh, the Predator, uh, a guy called Kevin Peter Hall, who uh, which quite, you know, quite tragically died just at, just at the age of 35, sort of just as his career was really starting to, you know, really starting to take off. And the thing is also, this guy, he was actually, he was incredibly tall. He was like seven, seven feet. 7'2", I think it was. 7'2", or yeah. something like that. No, I mean, no. he is, you know, I mean, physically absolutely imposing. And, um, but when you sort of see like pictures of him, you know, he's, you know, he's got this, you know, 
really lovely sort of face and nature to him and sort of him being able to convey this sense of dread through just performance, I think just speaks mm. volumes of the talent uh, he yeah. was. I think he's definitely, you know, he should be put in the same league as, you know, these very physical actors like you know, Doug Jones or um, Andy Serkis. Yeah. You know, he's very yeah. much yeah, a yeah, very exactly. physical Brian performer. Steele and those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I would sure. actually go as far as saying that if, had it not been for Kevin, Pe- Kevin Peter Hall, you know, sort of performance capture like that would not have been where it is uh, today. I think he was really one of the, what's the word, the trailblazers mm. of, you know, of that very unique type of uh, performance. Yeah. I think something else I want to add here is, um, you know, we're talking about the the performance of the Predator and I think it really makes this character. It, it's, again, I, I think I said it earlier, it's like it's, it's agility feels mm. beyond the agility of man. But yeah. another thing this film does fucking brilliantly and it has done throughout the film you mentioned it earlier yes but 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 here especially it it does it it's like through visual and sound we so what we've learned is you know um dutch has landed and he's landed in mud so he's covered himself in mud we've learned that predator can no longer see him because this heat vision is gone and through visual and sound we almost understand the instinct the predator mm. has we know how it it senses and it hears through the way they've done like heat vision and the way it's its mm. laser can react to dutch's movements and they express so fucking much like this thing is almost disabled it's it is literally disabled you know its helmet doesn't work anymore and this guy's invisible but you still learn how it works how it senses him through its movement and yeah and as it's a, filmmaking yeah. it's unbelievably good yeah because again you're establishing so much through not through you know dialogue or exposition or other you know human characters kind of talking about sort of what it's doing uh you know you you know you see it you know it's you know you know you see the predator doing it um which is you know very cleverly done one of my favorite favorite scenes was i mean the the predator death scene uh if we jump ahead a little bit when when Arnie says like uh, what the hell are you and then the predator plays back what the hell are you and that yeah. kind of felt to me like you know if you remember like Donnie Darko when he says like why are you wearing that stupid man suit yeah man it's like yeah. it's you know you know the alien is kind of like okay it's his own you know for for the alien they are normal and and Arnie is the alien yeah you know yeah, what I mean yeah, like totally. Yeah. Is it how the and, hell have you killed me? Like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, that that kind of like, oh shit, this this film is like kind of deep in a way. <laughs> if, if you don't mind, yeah. I'm gonna drag it back a bit as well, because I think there's loads of nice little touches here. Um another one is where um they've been trying to outsmart each other for a while and Dutch makes a fuck up. He sets a trap and it doesn't work and Predator figures it out. And Dutch is now in a vulnerable position where Predator could very easily kill him. Mm. But he doesn't want to. He decides that there's a better fight to happen here. So he puts down his weapons and he takes off his, like, technology. And yeah. it's like, motherfucker, we are going to go at this, like, yeah. mano a mano. Yeah. And you, you see through his eyes and he can't even see that well. But it's like, I've got so much respect for this, this being yeah, he's Let's earned fight. He's earned that right to for, to a physical fist fight. He's put totally. up. He's turned the tables. Yeah. He's put up this really good fight up until now. So now he's gonna like, okay, we're equals. We're gonna fight this out like equals. Yeah, man. Yeah. And do you remember the the visual? There's this moment where, um, 
where Dutch is getting the piss kicked out of him, right? Predator is punching the fuck out of this guy's face. Mm-hmm. And in most films, you'd see an actor being thrown around. But in this film, you see it first person through Predator's vision, and it's almost entirely blood red. And you just see this kind of mm. abstract shape of a face yeah. being beaten around. And it's just like, I've yeah. never seen filmmaking like, like this. <laughs> I know I have, but this is on another yeah. level. And it's very, it's, you know, it's, it's so disorienting as well. And sort of in it being so disorienting, it becomes really visceral. Yeah. Visceral. It becomes really raw. Um, I and think you also... the sound? The voice sounds childlike. Yeah. Yeah. It really belittles yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I think we should also make special mention to, uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, the aliens taking off its technology and, p- and part of its technology is its helmets. It's, uh, you know, it's, you know, its mask. So it's completely unmasking itself and we see its true raw nature. And again, you see this is a creature that's built for the kill because it's got fucking mandibles. <laughs> mandibles <right? laughs> and this is, this just looks so fucking cool and the, and, you know, and, and Dutch says you're you're one ugly motherfucker one <laughs> and ugly then you know the predator just kind yeah. of goes into this warrior stance and roars and these mandibles they open up and you know it, it becomes like even more uglier and again just really shows that this alien is one of the fucking coolest yeah. aliens ever made mm-hmm. I think there's a, a yeah. problem with a lot of cinema as well that um a, a massive percentage of films will are very good at um, suspense and building you up to there is something and it's terrifying and the payoff is always shit. Mm. But H.R. Giga's Alien, the payoff is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And Predator, when you finally see it, the payoff is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. It is, but I like, think it's when almost... You do all- see it. It's almost a shame, though, that they're so ingrained in popular culture now that that surprise is almost gone. You know, they're, you know what the alien looks like or you know what the predator looks like before you've even seen the film now because they've just been so overexposed and it's a yeah. bit of a shame. I think yeah, that's no, where I we're actually quite lucky because we because we got to get that reveal. You know, we you know, we you know, first of all, like with the predator, we got to see it in full, you know, it's full kind of armor, and then we get get to see it without the armor, with the mandibles and everything like that. And you're right, you know, that's something, you know, uh, newer generation of, you know, movie geeks will not yeah. really get to experience the same way because they've seen it so much now in popular culture. Um, so yeah, after so, I've yeah. seen the film, I watched the Predator trailer and I think it gives a bit too much away. But imagine if this was just a film about like um, military men, mercenaries going into the jungle on a mission and not knowing this is a science fiction alien film. Like mm. this whole reveal, yeah. this whole thing would blow your fucking mind, man. Like mm-hmm. that's true, yeah. If you saw this in the cinema and you you knew nothing about it, and yeah, it's just like a Vietnam style film. Yeah, you you feel yeah, it's kind of like yeah. I felt like when I watched it, like you know the helicopter scene, it felt like a Vietnam, it felt like yeah. a bit you know apocalypse now, but like not With as well Richard made. Playing as they fly in, yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly yeah. that scene. <laughs> and it's like okay, this it's gonna be one of those. Uh, but then, yeah, it kind of changes gear after the guerrilla camp scene, and it's like becomes a totally yeah. different movie. And it's like one of yeah, it's one of those movies where it changes in the middle and becomes a different movie. Um, and that's always a little bit of a risk whenever they do that because it yeah. can also go very badly wrong. Where it like like the tonality of it is just so mismatched. But here, it really, really works. And I and you know, 
and we've said this a million times, but this is one of the many reasons why Predator still very much holds up uh, today because it's very, you know, it's a very good example of kind of how you handle that uh, sort of shift in um, yeah, tone, tone and sort of shift in yeah. theme. Yeah, I think what it does well, um, and I put it with Alien for this, is that what both those films do is they dangle you long enough with suspense before the reveal. I think, you know, there are later films, and I don't want to get into them, there's things like Alien vs. Predator, and very quickly they reveal, hey, there's Predators and there's Aliens, they're going to fight. But what Predator and Alien do is they drag you along through this suspenseful journey of what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. So by the time the reveal happens, you're, you're, you're on edge. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is this thing going to be? And yeah. thankfully for both of them, like I just said, H.R. Giger and Predator itself, Stan Winston's um, designs, when they do reveal, it's outstanding. Yes, exactly. It doesn't feel limp or, um, you know, right. or anything like that. It's, you know, it, you know, it fully, I wouldn't even say matches, it surpasses your expectations, mm-hmm. uh, right? Because, you know, it, the, the designs are, are so unique and they're being brought to life so, you know, so phenomenally well, you know. One last thing I wanted to mention about this end sequence, and it's not it's not um the the plot itself, it's actually filmmaking. There were two scenes during this end sequence that I I literally like the first time I watched the film, but the second, third time I had to rewind and watch them again and again. And the cinematography blew my fucking mind, man. One of them, Arnie is covered in mud, sorry, Dutch, and he's clinging on the bottom of a log, right? And Predator mm. walks along the top of this log and can't find him because he's mm. too cool. The camera goes down one side of the log, focused on Arnie, goes all the way under the log and maintains focus on him, and then goes on top of the log. Sorry, watches the Predator walk on, goes all the way under, and then watches the Predator walk off in one long shot all the way around the log. Mm-hmm. And like, I cannot express how incredible this cinematography is. And another one is where Arnie's up in a tree. Predator's on the ground looking for him. And Arnie fires like a flaming bow at him to start an explosion. And you'll probably remember this one. It's like, it looks amazing. Um, The moment it lands, Predator realizes he's in the tree and starts firing rockets at him. But there's this like wide shot of this silhouette of Predator on a tree with just like fireworks and explosions going off in the background. And it's fucking stunning like yeah. absolutely stunning cinematography yeah you're right i mean the cinematography head really works well and you're right that shot of you know just the silhouette of you know just these explosions like going around and these you know massive trees as well and sort of this you know mutt valley therein. um i think also like one of the things that i really love is sort of how they make even early on in the movie they make the jungle um you know the, just the way the jungle appears like you know even the trees look sort of you know, alien, uh, almost, you know, there's this yeah. fog hanging and, uh, like unknown. really uh, unknown. Yeah. And this very simple, you know, but really efficient audio cue they use of, of, of these jungle drums that kind of, you know, fade in and then fade out, um, which sort of adds to the unease and which, uh, I think it's just brilliant, which actually they sort of more or less spoofed in the, uh, Far Cry three, uh, blood dragon, uh, game, which obviously has a lot of references <laughs> to predator, but yeah. they even had that audio cue in there, which I thought was just brilliant. And uh, on yeah, that soundtrack, very- I, I noticed that for like 
sort of 80, 90% of the film, there's only two soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's either them hunting through the jungle and it's like, da 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 Yeah. And that happens whenever they're stalking and whenever there's suspense, it's that bit you said, the drumming, like, yeah. And that's literally the only two bits of soundtrack that play throughout like 90% of the film. It's incredible. There's the military trumpets when they want you to feel bad because someone's dead. Yeah. When yeah. Mac is sort of reminiscing of his time with Blaine yeah. and uh, yeah. everything like yeah. that. Just, yeah. yeah, very minimalistic uh, soundtrack, actually. Yeah. yeah. And I think one yeah. of you had like a trivia piece on um, grain, like film grain. Do, do you want to make, because yeah. I got something to say about that. If you want to mention your trivia and then I'll, I'll follow on. Yeah, so um, the version of the movie i was uh, watching was uh, was uh, was an hd uh, version and i never really noticed it uh, before but if you notice there's, there's some of the major kind of action uh, scenes um where the movie is actually really really grainy uh, it looks kind of quite uh, looks kind of quite uh, low grade and apparently what happened um I read this. Is apparently what happened is that the B unit or the secondary the secondary unit was sent um, reels of low quality film, and they didn't really realize this until after they actually filmed it, uh, which is obviously a bit you know dope. Um, but this is back in the eighties where you obviously you didn't have HD, and um, you know most people would have been watching this um, on a VHS, so you don't really see the you know sudden drop in quality. But on this HD version that I watched, you definitely see it and i just thought yeah. that was, you know quite you know quite interesting that you know you you know you suddenly see this sort of shift in quality hmm. so i've got a thought on this that probably wasn't apparent at the time but i think in the year we live in now it's more interesting so at the time they were probably um aiming to achieve uh let's say cinematic perfection they wanted everything to be clean an action film but um you know, for for those who may be listening who don't know me, I'm well into photography and stuff. There's a photographer called Don McCullen, and he's super famous. He shot an incredible series of photos in Vietnam. Like, go on Google, Don McCullen, Vietnam. They are unbelievable. But what's really interesting is um, at the time, he only had access to film cameras. So everybody was shooting on film. So there's a lot of grain and noise to these photos. And what I see these days, um, during Predator, they shot on the wrong film, so it's grainy, and they're like, oh, it's an accident. But actually, they give me now a feel of, like, if you look at Vietnam or old war photos, they would be grainy. So actually, these days, those grainy scenes feel more almost documentary style. So where the rest is like this polished 80s film, the grainy ones are suddenly like, man, this is real. This is real and documentary and old and, you know, proper. So it may have been a mistake, but I actually think if I could shoot that film again now, I would have that grain throughout the entire film because it adds, adds almost an authenticity to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's time. That's yeah. a very, that's a very, very cool uh, thought. And yeah, kind of, uh, you know, you describing it as uh, as that i think having that grain would actually have given it a whole other dimension uh to it you know it would have been quite efficient uh i think for sure um, and so just just to add to that as well i mean you know um war films for a very long time were 
quite clean and quite gung-ho. And I think it was Spielberg when he made Saving Private Ryan who wanted to make you know, this film that showed the horrors of war and how gritty it was, decided to make that, that choice to make it grimy and, and grainy it in a way to sort of emulate mm-hmm. the photography of that time. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think eighties is probably too close for them to realize yep. the mm, authenticity yeah. of it. But as you yeah. say, in today's aesthetic, it works for the film rather than against it. Yeah, totally. Uh, just as a tangent, I I bawled my eyes out at the end of Save Private Ryan <laughs> Spielberg. Right, that's what he aims to do. But fuck, yeah. exactly. that destroyed me. Yeah, same. Oh yeah, I think we all did. <laughs> Okay, phew. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Bjorn, clearly. Yeah. He's like, yeah, right. No, no, no. This is, remember, guys, this is an action movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cry. Good I wanted to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's man up a little bit here, guys. Leave your traumas right, at the door. Yeah. <laughs> if, we're, if we're done on the actual film itself, yeah. I guess maybe if there's any awesome key trivia True. or things that should be known about the film itself let's go for it but well are we done i can, I can start film? so like yeah well like as i said like i i wasn't sure if i had seen this film but um well some interesting piece of trivia i read was that uh the idea of the film actually came about from the rocky franchise and they were like joking that since rocky had won against everyone <laughs> his next fight should be against an alien and like that's no how the idea way. of the film yeah came about and you know carl weathers is, is in it yeah yeah apparently wow. uh, not a bad film so, considering it was based on a joke hey yeah <laughs> <they told laughs> <him Creed>. yeah <laughs> apollo creed is in it yeah i mean you know Fine. Um, connections connections yeah <laughs> but, uh, i mean i would rather take on ivan drago than the <laughs> fucking predator yeah <laughs> it's got yeah the pr- they're probably about just as just as tall, really. Uh, I think maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, that, uh, that is, an that interesting cool one. Uh, an interesting one uh, as well. And I mentioned Kevin Pete, Kevin Pete, Peter Hall, uh, the um, guy who played the Predator. So you know he you know became known for you know these you know I mean he was you know he was the Predator. He was um, Harry the Bigfoot in Harry and the Harry Hendersons. And the, Hendersons, thank you. Uh, but he actually has a small cameo uh in predator as well as the helicopter pilot in the end um the guy who sort of looks over his glass and say what the hell or what the fuck um that's kevin that's uh, that's kevin peter hall and i'm actually amazed that i mean this guy is unbelievably tall that they managed to actually get him cramped into this small helicopter cockpit um you know it's quite an achievement uh, do you know what the the director actually did that as a thank you because he was like they thought that the guy was so good at as predator that he deserved a moment to get his face in the film. So it was oh, legitimately sure. done as a, like, nice. thank yeah. you, we'll, we'll get your face in. <laughs> that's, yeah, uh, that's, a nice, that's, that's a nice segue into the, you know, another trivia, which is who was originally supposed to be the Predator. Can't believe we've not mentioned this. Which apparently was uh, no other than uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, yeah. So I looked into this a little bit. Um and uh, basically, they, they were shooting this film, you know, for quite a while, getting all of the, you know, the, the shots of the military guys doing their thing. And all the while, they were waiting for these, this, you know, special effects company and the creature design company to drop this creature. And all they had was this red suit, which they were going to use for green screen. Um, and they needed someone to obviously fill that suit. Uh, and Jean-Claude Van Damme had only just come to the States looking to kind of make it big, uh, you know, and show his martial arts to the world. And uh, they got him down into the jungle and they got him into this suit. 
And uh, he was pissed because obviously his face isn't in it. He's not going to get to show anyone his martial arts stuff. Um, and he yeah. actually quit the, the whole film after only two days. They only filmed two shots with him in. Do you know what? Fuck him. <laughs> they were such a good cast, right? Like, there, there's yeah, Sonny Lender and there's Arnie and there's Duke and there's Jesse, Jesse Ventura. Ventura. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, go and do your splits elsewhere, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just be grateful on Grateful Bastards. So like, on, on, the back, on the back of that, so obviously with everything being um, super late, the film ran out of budget. They, they, they finally got the whole character designed through for the Predator from these guys and they, they, everyone just fucking hated it. They got two shots with Jean-Claude Van Damme in this weird-ass suit. They hated it. They apparently tried to um, put a monkey in the suit to get shots of it swinging through trees, which completely <laughs> failed because the monkey kept taking the suit off. Um, so, yeah, they ran out of budget, basically, uh, and had to, count, had to basically stop what they were doing. Um, Amazing. But then they got a cash yeah. injection once, once the, uh, the, the studio producing it got a new guy come in he gave him a bunch of money and said he'll finish this film uh, and schwarzenegger actually recommended stan winston after working with him on terminator and that's yeah. how stan winston mm. then came on to design the predator um i'll go into it in another podcast but i've been to stan winston's creature workshop in la <gasps> and it was amazing it's for another time but what i actually wanted to say is um we had van damme and we had a monkey <laughs> but going back to what yes was saying i think more sorry what was the guy's name the guy who actually played predator kevin peter hall more respect to that guy because i genuinely don't think you could get a better predator no like that character is fucking ace the way he moves the way he reacts like i don't want van damme no and i don't want a monkey no (laughs) definitely not i mean what Uh, van damme is like what five five ten yeah, yeah and it wouldn't have been the same. Kung Fu and would have been like the lizard, right? like you know, like because they mentioned in the movie, like it's something like about are we getting Medium. killed by a goddamn lizard or something? And yeah, yeah, it's definitely not a lizard. <laughs> no, no, no it's very much perfect. Not a lizard. He's got this like yeah. this performance, the way his limbs move, like yeah. he's perfect. Don't fuck with that. Absolutely yeah. perfect. Apparently, uh, Kevin Pete, Kevin Pete, Peter Hall, he was a trained uh, ballet dancer uh, as well. So obviously he had complete control of his, uh, you know, of his yeah. uh, body and movements. And again, when you consider the guy was seven feet tall, you know, it was quite impressive. Uh, actually. <laughs> yeah. Complete tangent, but talking about like dancers playing creatures. If you've watched Annihilation or if you've not watched Annihilation, the end sequence of that film, mm. also the actor is a performance artist or a dancer mm-hmm. fucking outstanding tangent but look watch annihilation that end sequence equally has a, a you know a dancer a person who can move and Terrorize again me. i think uh and this is based on nothing but i do generally think that that can be all be traced back to predator and kevin peter hall and them sort of seeing that you know getting an actor who can physically perform a role and just how much efficient that that can be. Um, again, yeah. that's why I think that we wouldn't be where we are now with, um, you know, uh, performance uh, uh, capture and, uh, you know, the, the stars of that, like Andy Serkis and Doc Jones and Brian Steele, if it had not been for Predator and for Kevin Peterhall. Um, yeah. Do you, look, do you know what I think it adds? Like, I think um, with, like, I don't want to be too arty, you know, you, you guys know the 
the industries I work in, but like with things like um, contemporary dance and stuff like that, these people, um, their profession is um, uh, physical movement to express performance, you know, whatever it is, mm. horror or love or passion. And I think they can move in a way that your average human can't. And going back to the Van Damme thing, I think he would have moved like a, a human kung fu guy. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I actually think bringing a person in who understands m- motion and movement and performance mm. brings something, again, alien to this being that I don't think you would have achieved without that kind of... Absolutely. That background. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Van Damme's uh, hubris kind of saved this film, you could say. Or like yeah, his, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's only good because of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, one other trivia I read was that, you know, Arnie was, you know, smoking cigars in this movie, right? And uh, and apparently he was, smoking, he was smoking them on set as well. And he actually got... Uh, he got Carl Weathers hooked on cigar, uh, cigars. And, yeah. and there's a scene in the movie where Carl Weathers says, or Dylan says to Arnie, like... Um, you know, something like something like, oh, I'm, you know, you're, uh, I'm getting some bad habits from you or something, and that, <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of ties into that. Uh, that kind of ties apparently, into Cole that. Weathers was like, um, <clears throat> well, the others were, let's say, like gym monkeys, you know, weights and, and muscles. Cole Weathers was actually a, a sports guy. He he built yeah. his stamina yeah. and his yeah. size through sports. He's a professional yeah. athlete, and he was very. Yeah, exactly. He was very clean cut. He wasn't alcohol. He wasn't smoking. He wasn't drugs. Yeah. And yeah, Ar- Arnie got him hooked on cigars. <laughs> cigars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, they had a you know they they were working out, waking up really early in the in the morning and working out to you know pump up as it as it were. And uh, Cold Weather was the only one who didn't do it with the other ones, but he he still did it. But he did it like when no one saw it. So like he he had this persona of the, this is my natural physique. You know, I don't of need course, to do mate. any. You naturally yeah. came like three hundred pounds and <laughs> built like a fucking rhinoceros. Yeah, exactly. You were born like that. Uh, <laughs> I was born like this. Yeah, exactly. Man, <laughs> any other killer killer trivia? Yeah, I've got one actually, and uh, this one might it's kind of for Jesper. Um, I think he mentioned earlier that uh, he he mentioned uh, Arnie's character is called. Dutch. He doesn't say if there's another name. Uh, in the script, Dutch is actually Arnold's nickname, and his character is actually called Alan. <laughs> Fuck off. <Yeah. laughs> is that where Alan vs. Predator came from? <laughs> I'd love to see oh, a taste of just made me. Well, they just, Alan, Alan, Alan. Alan, <laughs> yeah, Alan vs. Predator wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Oh, man. Dutch. All of a sudden, oh, I... Yeah. Don't really find the character of Dutch that imposing. No, Your real name is Alan. I ruined another Alan. film for you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I've got it. It's not a trivia thing, but I, I think most of us saw it. I know that after we watched the film, um, Jesper shared the video, which is like a um, a reunion, like a making of, where they all got together in the nineties and talked about the making of. And um, something I found that, similarly to uh, Bjorn, I thought that. Blaine was one of my favorite characters, you know, cowboy hat, chewing tobacco, badass. I was like, he's a fucking dude. And then I watched this making of, and uh, Jesse Ventura is such an egotistical prick (laughs) that I basically (laughs) couldn't like him anymore. He's so fucking full of himself and what he's going to achieve and what he's going to do. I was like, 
I don't like you anymore. <laughs> yeah. And Billy became my favourite. Yeah. yeah. Still awesome in the film, but Jesse Ventura was yeah. so just twat. <laughs> still is, maybe. So if, if you listen to this, Jesse, I still love you, man. Like, <laughs> it's still rad. But I'm, I'm, you know, I was so pr- surprised that he's running for president as the Green Party candidate. That was just... Yeah, so I actually, he, uh, I actually Googled yeah. uh, Jesse Ventura earlier because I was looking for some um, stuff, and the first thing to come up was the US election results, and his name was in there. Yeah. I was going, oh, okay, yeah. weird. He was Wasn't he like, um, like a state mayor for a few years or something? Like? Oh, yeah, he was, yeah, uh, governor of Minnesota. That's it, yeah. This, uh, the, the, the gubernatorial, the GOP gubernatorial angle, like you have Arnie, Jesse Ventura, and uh, what's the other guy? Uh, three uh, of Sonny them. Landon. Sonny Landon. Yeah. All of yeah. them ran for governor. Um, it's like they all did this film and thought, interesting. oh, I'm going to get into politics. Predator for Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. Such, like, um, the, the characters, like, or like... A- any other killer trivia, or should we wrap up? Just so you know, yeah. like, if anyone's listening to this and you've made it to two hours, 15 minutes... We, we said we're going to make this one short. start this podcast, this was going to be an hour-long podcast... Turns out Predator was fucking sick. Yeah. Um, and we're two hours and 14 minutes in. Uh, yeah. If you made it here, send us an email or a tweet and we'll, um, I don't know, we'll put yeah. lipstick on and kiss a napkin and send it to you. <laughs> yeah, any, any feedback, we would love to hear it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, The Last Action Heroes, and, and on Instagram uh, at the same. Beyond, I know we agreed when we started this that at the end we were going to do the, um, you know, follow us on Twitter, download the podcast. No one made it this far. <laughs> we're speaking honestly, to the void. We should have dropped this about an hour in. At this yeah. point, yeah. If they're here, honestly, get in touch, please. Yeah. Rana, I know it's you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and my mum. No, but uh, yeah. yeah but I, I didn't expect mine. us to talk this much about this movie, to be honest. And uh, if we go into like how I feel about this movie, I honestly, when I first watched it, I was a bit like, because we... we we watched Commando the last time, and you know this is an action here, mov- uh, action, you know, movie podcast, and you know I kind of felt like when I watched it the first time that yeah, I mean it's it kind of peaked too early, and then after that there wasn't that much action, and like I kind of, you know, like I wasn't fully into the movie, but then when I watched it the second time, and and now when we we're talking about it, I realized there's there's layers to this movie, and it's not it's not just an action movie, and it's like. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. it's it's actually it's a more interesting movie than Commando, right? Yeah, like we, I said yeah. it before, like I I agree. I um, I watched it the first time and I liked it. It was it was mercenaries in the jungle. It reminded me of being a kid and like even though I'm skinny as a rake, take my top off and like yeah, I'm on it with the Gatling gun, and it was like <laughs> an action film. But the the more I watched it, the more I genuinely like appreciated how much effort had gone into. Making it. I, I said it earlier, but like the chess of this film, you know the mm. the strategy behind what was happening. Just just as a final trivia thing, we we watched that making of, and they didn't really spell it out. But I got the feeling that it spent a lot more money than it made, and it wasn't until much much later, possibly ten years later, that it actually made back enough money to cover its original costs. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think that um, it probably spent a lot of money. In you know we're making this awesome action film, and people watched it as haha, it's an action film, it's eighties, it's awesome, it's guns. But like we have, the more you watch it, the more you study it, you you appreciate like, no, they made a killer film, and I think possibly a lot of people won't ever realize 
how killer this film is, for want of a better phrase. You know, it's like, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Should no, I, I think too. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Should we do a ranking? Has anyone got, does anyone want to start? What, you know, what's your, you're uh, out of 10. I'll jump so in. far, we're on Commando. Being we're on Commando as the, as, the, as the benchmark. <laughs> uh, I'm going to jump in uh, and give it a full on 10. It's deep. It's got layers. There's much more to it than you expect there to be. It's got some badass scenes, some badass characters. It's full of personality and life. Um, and as I said before, it's the most quotable film ever made. Um, and I would just like to thank my granddad for listening to me to convince him to tape it off late night TV for me. Uh, that's amazing. So that I could get yeah. to see it. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yes, but uh, I was very pleasantly surprised at, you know, just, uh, I mean, this, this is such a different movie from what I remember in a good way, because, there, you know, there's such an... There's such an intelligence to it in sort of how it's, you know, structured and builds up and everything like that, that it's so much more than just the noise and the big guns and the old painless and the, you know, the Jesse Ventura and spitting tobacco. Schwarzenegger and spitting tobacco and, you know, goddamn sexual tyrannosauruses. <laughs> um, I would be with Dan on this uh, as well. I think this is actually a full on 10. This is so much better than I remember it and ever gave it, uh, ever gave it uh, ever give it credit for. Uh, and again, personally for me, I think, uh, and I've mentioned this uh, a lot of times before, the alien, both in terms of its design, its sort of its presence and the performance of, um, you know, the actor behind it, Kevin Peter Hall, I think this is so iconic and this is such a landmark that we're only, that it's, you know, we can appreciate it now. I don't think people, they really understood what they'd actually created uh, back then and i think that's why predator is you know very much a standout movie amazing um bjorn over to yeah you. no as i said i mean i went into it expecting like a, a kind of brainless action movie and I, I was expecting to be entertained and you know the first time i saw it i was a bit disappointed because i didn't get that it didn't have the same entertainment level as commando to me um but then, you know, when I think about it and when we talk about it now, uh, I realize like as a film, it's 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 better than Commando. So then it goes back to like, you know, art versus entertainment and, and how do you kind of measure that? So I would say like as an action movie, it's one step below Commando, like a pure entertainment. But as a film, it's it surpasses it. So I would say... Um, a nine for for kind of the commander rating, but a ten for uh, as a general film rating. Yeah, <laughs> if that I, makes sense. I, um, no, it does make sense. I actually think um, I think what you said is closest to what I think. I think you know we're a podcast which is the last action heroes, <clears throat> and it's about um this over the top action ridiculousness from the eighties. But the more I watched this, the more I realized it's so much more. Mm. And, um, you know, maybe Commando edges it out for silly 80s action. But each time I watched this film, it, it got better. Mm. And for me, it's a 10 out of 10. Mm. Like maybe it's not the, the, the last action hero's 10 out of 10, but I cannot give Predator anything less than a 10 out of 10. It's, it's, yeah. It presents itself as one thing, 
but delivers something so much more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, mm. look, you've heard me for the last two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. I, to put it bluntly, I didn't actually think it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, oh, there's soldiers in the woods and they fight an alien. And the more I watched it, the more I realized, fuck. The same. They created something incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they were ahead of the, their time. And, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's an amazing I, movie. I, yeah, I agree. I actually think, like, fuck Hollywood, fuck budgets, you know, marketing bullshit, whatever, fuck off. But they created something that possibly their audience and their producers and what they got back for what they put in didn't. I don't know what I'm saying. I've drunk a yeah. lot of whiskey. <laughs> but like, um, it wasn't a cash grab or like, a simply, yeah. you know, they could have made it uh, a different movie that maybe would have done better in the cinemas. Well, yeah. uh, we, we say about you know, it doing better, but there is uh, a sequel that came out in 1992 that true. is yeah. not, not, on the, not as good, but it's definitely well worth a mention. It's definitely a great film in its own right. Yeah. It just operates on a separate level to... Absolutely. Yeah. It's more like a detective, hard-boiled detective film as opposed to an action movie yeah. with a predator. Maybe we should, My uh, worry, though, yeah. is having watched this film, like, and we've, apart from Bjorn, who gave it 9 out of 10, which is massively respectable, the, the other three of us gave it 10 out of 10. Is, is it close to a 10 out of 10? Because uh, that's unbelievable. Three 10 out of 10s. For Predator or Predator 2? Pred- predator 2. So Predator 2 would... I don't know, man. Like it's it's a hard one to gauge because it's it's it did the same thing as Aliens and Alien. You know, one is a haunted mm. house movie in space; the other is a balls of the wall action film. Okay, right. Predator yeah. Predator mm. is a you know a tense you know character driven piece about you know men in the jungle being picked off by an alien. Um, whereas the second film is you know almost a, a noir. It's a hard boiled detective movie that again then mm. becomes like you know this this sci fi horror element to it. It's almost like yeah. they, they took another genre to kind of yeah. start that film and then work it back. I wonder if it. they I'm thought... check it out. Yeah, I wonder if, what, you know, because Commander was supposed to have a sequel, didn't happen, and Predator did have a sequel. But I wonder, I kind of feel like Commander was probably the one that they saw as a series rather than Predator, maybe. Yeah. That's, this is just speculation, but... Yeah, I don't know. That's what we're here for. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, I'd also like yeah. to mention that um, I can't remember who it was, but some of our listeners mentioned that we mentioned uh, Alien or Aliens too much. Alien and Aliens has had quite a few name checks in this podcast. We seem to not be able to avoid it, so at some point we should probably watch <laughs> probably. Alien or Aliens. Yeah. Or both. Or yeah, bo- yeah let's, just, let's just last action Aliens. <laughs> um okay look, next podcast what are we gonna yep. do i know last time we said we shouldn't do another arnie but we did another arnie if we're doing another podcast personally i'd say let's do another fucking arnie and let's do the running man yeah but what do we think the arnie trilogy as i said i haven't seen the running three? man and uh that seemed to be to be uh yeah well you surprising. said that about predator as I well i did say yeah. that right. as a predator <laughs> but then for the running man i'm i'm 99% sure that I've never seen it. <laughs> so. Listeners, just so you know, Bjorn is a liar. Yeah. Well, you know. Pirate Dan, liar Bjorn. <laughs> um, no. Uh, look, Why I mean, not? Yeah. Having seen Predator a few times, I'm blown away by how good it is. But prior to this podcast, personally, Running Man was always my favourite. Mm. 
Yeah. Running Man is a very um, uh, what's the word? It is still quite a quintessential movie, I think, both in terms of sort of what it's trying to do, but also sort of you know Arnie being the lead man in it and sort of the setup for it uh, and everything. And uh, it, you know, we're definitely going to be entertained, whether or not we're going to be as you know sort of rediscover it the same way as I've uh, as I've certainly uh, rediscovered uh, Predator. I'm not entirely sure, but definitely got to be entertained by it should right. we just go fucking look we could go kickboxer with van damme we could go cobra with stallone, stallone. or should we just go full-on arnie mode yeah i am running man or hold up tempted. dan did mention our next podcast will likely be christmas it could be die hard it could, could also be, be that. Could oh, be. it could be something completely different because as we maybe we should do a stinker next time like you know bring it down a notch like we can't just keep having this peaks you know maybe we just need to go down a little bit you know okay i don't know let's I'm make it a surprise but uh, let's see what yeah, happens probably yeah it's gonna be the running man um, dear listener if we do the running man you'll know that i'm the powerful one i overpowered them and i don't know what you're talking about because i haven't seen it so <laughs> <laughs> can we do the running man next let's do the running man let's do let's it do the running as Let's, yeah. do it. Let's do it. Do it now. Kill me. Stick around. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Get to the chopper. <laughs> right then, listener. Here we go. Thanks for listening to the Last Action Heroes podcast. I have been Pirate Dan. I've been joined with my co-hosts, Jesper, Bjorn, and Leon. Har. Thank you. See you next time. <laughs>